The Media Files for June 19th, 2020 is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, Hit Our Music, a professional wrestling podcast every Thursday, and The Media Files. On with the show. listening to The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. For those of you new to this podcast, The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I'm your host, Kyle, and with me in my second chair is a good friend of mine and frequent visitor to my house as we watch different films and TV shows, Kaylee. Hello. How are you, Kaylee? I'm good. Good. Welcome to my illustrious podcasting studio. (laughs) It's it's very fancy. It is. Do you want some water? Can you please have Jeeves, your Butler, yes. come get it for me. If I yelled down Jeeves right now, Lindsay would hit me. <laughs> she would strike me open-handed if I called her Jeeves and I was like, bring us some water. Sparkling. Open. With a cucumber. <laughs> she would open-hand strike me. No, we're in my closet, um, but welcome to my closet. Yeah, thank you. It's getting hot. It is. Because we had some audio trouble, but we fixed it. I hope to be out of here by now before the heat picked up, but it picked up, but we're going to make it through. We're going to make it through this episode, and I'm excited for this episode because we're talking about The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man stars Elizabeth Moss as Cecilia Cass, partner of an abusive millionaire. After she escapes her relationship and her boyfriend's apparent suicide, Cecilia is convinced that she is still being stalked by him and that he has invented a method of becoming invisible. The Invisible Man is a loose interpretation on the book by the same name by H.G. Wells from 1897. It's directed by Lee Wannell. I hope I'm saying that right. You know, I, I tried to look up how to say his name in like an interview and nobody says his name and I'm I'm convinced that nobody else also knows how to. <laughs> they're all they're, they're like, hey, welcome, Lee. <laughs> and nobody would say his last name. So Lee Wannell uh, and co-stars Oliver Jackson Cohen, Aldous Hodge, Storm Reed, Harriet Dyer, and Michael Dorman. Uh, this, this film had a really weird kind of production cycle and production production budget. It was supposed to be part of this interconnected dark universe that that Universal started a couple years ago. I think it was in 2013. They released the movie Dracula Untold and Dracula Untold was supposed to be the kickoff point of this dark universe where they combined all of these movies together into a shared cinematic universe of these monsters, Dracula, Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, Wolfman, the creature from the Black Lagoon, things like that. Uh, That movie was universally panned and so they tried to start again. Again, in 2017 with Tom Cruise's The Mummy. That was universally panned as well. And there were some really good names attached to that universe. At one point, Johnny Depp was supposed to be the Invisible Man. Javier Bardem was supposed to be Frankenstein's monster. Russell Crowe, I think, was in The Mummy. I wouldn't know because I never saw it because it looked dumb. But he was supposed to be uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, I believe. And so there was supposed to be this big shared universe, and that never came to pass. And so they kind of started to piecemeal some of these movies off to other directors and other producers. And what we got first after the failure of The Mummy was this movie, uh, The Invisible Man. And before we really get into some of the things that I think are interesting about The Invisible Man, I want to know how you feel, Kaylee, about the movie. 
This is a no spoilers podcast, correct? Okay, so yes, we're not going to go like deep spoilers into the story. But if you if you want to watch this movie, this movie did come out in February, but was pulled from theaters very quickly when the pandemic started and went to streaming and is now available to rent finally. And so if you want to go into it like zero degree knowing what's happening, maybe watch it first and then listen to this podcast. But yeah, no, no big spoilers about like the ending and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I I was actually very pleasantly surprised. I originally when I saw the trailer, I wasn't intending on seeing it because it looked like your basic movie where there's a guy and you don't know if the girl's crazy. There was one that came out recently with Claire Foy where she is put in a mental asylum because she thinks that she's being stalked by this guy. Right. And Oh, I love Claire Foy. I love her too. Yeah. A whole another topic. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> but um I don't love a movie that's there for um, shock value sake. I feel like a lot of these psychological thrillers are just there to get the biggest shock. And then I heard such good reviews and um, it did a really good job. It I thought for a second it was going to fall into kind of an over overwrought trope that I feel like I see a lot in the movies, um, but it didn't. I feel like it was very ingenious in some ways. It explained everything without making it too obvious. Um, I'd hate it when they explain every detail. So you feel stupid. Yeah, I agree with you. And it, it left you guessing a lot throughout the movie, which is yeah. something that I didn't anticipate because like you, when I saw the trailer, I really didn't want to see the movie either because I felt like the trailer didn't leave me guessing. Right. The trailer made it seem like I knew everything that was going to happen in the movie. Yes. And I'm glad I watched the movie because I did not know everything that was going to happen no. in the movie. There were still plenty of things that happened in the movie that did not happen in the trailer. And there are some things that happen in the trailer that don't happen in the movie right. too. And so that was a pleasant surprise going into it, I think. It was good because I remember there was there's one scene at the beginning no it's near the beginning that's a cool effect where you start to realize that this invisible man is haunting her and I remember you even saying it's a bummer that was in the trailer and so even for that split second I thought well that's just how this whole movie is going to be but it was then it stopped it was really great yes I agree with you there and and I think that they did a kind of a good job in the marketing of this movie misleading the consumer in thinking the movie was going to go one way and it didn't now I think that the marketing could have been better because it made me not want to see the movie. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, I'm, I'm glad I did. I'm glad that people did see this movie initially gave it good reviews and now it's out streaming for, you know, a couple of paltry dollars that I think are worth your money if you like horror movies. Uh, the movie is rated R, but for it seems mostly for blood. There are a few gory scenes. Yeah, it was a very mild R. Maybe uh, I would say some some strong words, a few. not not very many. Right. At all. I would I would say that as well. The acting in the movie overall, very good. I think that Elizabeth Moss we, and we talked about this. We watched the movie together. In yeah. fact, uh, me and Lindsay and you and your husband, Jeff, all watched this movie together. And we talked about Elizabeth Moss, about how she is such a good face actor. And if you've ever watched The Handmaid's Tale, then you know this about her, that she portrays emotion through her facial expressions so well. And she does the same here. I, I think that's probably why she was cast in this role is because they needed somebody that was able to do that. And, you know, maybe the director or the producers fan of The Handmaid's Tale know that she's capable of doing that. I think also that's particularly important the face acting involved with you know, this movie obviously deals with abuse, which is such a heavy topic. And I think if you have somebody who is less experienced, it can become a little kitschy, a little overdramatic. But she's so subtle with her face acting um, that it, it hit it right on the nose for me. That is one of the things that 
even after seeing the trailer, I don't think I expected so much in this movie was how much it was going to cover the topic of spousal or partner abuse and their mental health following, you know, experiences like that. She really goes through some very, very tough mental moments in this film. And much to the director's, you know, credit, they don't tell those things. They show those things. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of that drama play out in her acting and in her face and how her co-stars, which, by the way, I think were great. Most of them are are very low profile names. She's the only really big profile name in the whole cast. There was a lot of showing instead of telling in, in the way that they act about these this mental health. And I thought that was a really, really good addition to the movie. And I think it was something that was... It was it was even something that we had brought up earlier in the night while we were eating dinner, I think, when I was talking about, you know, women being abused by men or their husbands or something like that. Did I bring that up earlier in the night? Yes, I uh, did. For we got in a, we got in a, a real deep conversation over dinner. <laughs> uh, we won't reenact the whole thing, but it was and, and I think watching this movie afterwards was was some sort of catharsis. But it was it was fun to see. And I thought it was a good theme of the movie that made it really relevant and really personal as well in a way that I didn't expect a big blockbuster horror movie to be. The other thing that I really wanted to bring up and something that I thought was so perfectly done in the movie that shocked me more than anything was the direction of this movie. Uh, Lee Wannell or Wannell, however you say his name, really starts to play with how you feel the characters are reacting to the events that are happening in the movie. Now, the movie is called Invisible Man. It's not a spoiler to let you know that there is or may be an invisible man in this film. And there are a lot of scenes where Cecilia, played by Elizabeth Moss, is doing something through the home, whether she's folding laundry or she's in the kitchen. And the camera will focus not on her. The camera will focus on empty space and maybe she'll walk out of the room or she will do something. Sometimes the camera even pans away from her and focuses on something empty, just an an empty corner of the room that nobody else is focused on. But what it did for me was made me feel like somebody else was in that room. There was something that I was supposed to be seeing and something that I was supposed to be looking at that wasn't there. And you kind of get caught up into this, or I did at least got caught up into this this psychological effect of is somebody there in that room with Cecilia or not you know I and and I started to feel I think some of the emotions that she did where I didn't know whether there was something some other presence there yeah that was something and and you're so much better than I am at looking at direct directorial directorial styles um but even at the very beginning you know the very first scene of this movie is her escaping right. from this home and it's almost like the camera I don't want to say it was like a different character but sometimes it just as uh, Kyle said, it will kind of pan out and pan back. And generally in these type of movies, it means when you pan back, something's going to be there. Something changes. But that wasn't necessarily Or something the case. jumps out. Or, right. Right. It was almost like it was you were like a lookout, like trying to look out to see if this man was going to come get her. It puts you in the setting. Yes. I think, too. Like you said, almost like you're kind of part of this whole it, it increased the tension of the movie for me. Now, there are scenes that it, as intense as that scene is, too, there are scenes that are quiet where he he kind of employs that same effect and he makes really good use of kind of the negative space of these rooms Mm -hmm. or the negative space of the house that they're in or a scene where she is standing out on the porch and this is even the scene that I said is in the trailer but she's not the center of the scene she's not she's not center screen she's off to the side and it draws your eyes kind of to this invisible personage that may or may not be there and you and 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 I think what made it so 
so, oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? So it, it paid off, powerful. you know? Yeah, powerful, <laughs> I think. What made it so powerful was that I didn't know if there was someone else there either. Right. It doesn't always pay off immediately that you that it pans over and you see something. Most of the time, you don't. Right. And so you... I mean, you really it's its a mind trick, I think, that he employs to really great effect. And I overall really liked the the directorial vision of this. Now, he's he's known previously. He was known for work on Saw and on Insidious. And so mm. he has pretty good whore chops. And if this is kind of the start of I don't I don't know that I want a dark universe to spawn out of this movie. I don't think that we need the the invisible man to be the inception, the genesis of next being, you know, Frankenstein's monster and then The Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, which that was cool. When, I didn't know that when you were talking about it. So I was like, oh, that'd, that'd be cool if the Dark Universe worked. But you're right, those previous movies were not good. They were, Well, they weren't, but and maybe the next ones will be. And, yeah. and there are still some in production. There's there's some that are in pre-production and there's scripts being bandied about. Paul Feig is, is uh, going to be directing one of them. I think he's directing Bride of Frankenstein or something like that. But I don't know that I need these movies to be interconnected because this movie for me stood alone really well on its right. own. I don't even need a sequel to to it it's it was yeah. just it was just a good horror movie and you're a big fan of horror movies we I watch love a, horror movies. we watch a lot of horror movies and this one i think shocked me in the way that it delivers those scares and wasn't corny or cheesy about them i generally thought it was a very fresh way to deliver a horror movie yeah yeah i was um I, as we were leaving i was just kind of thinking you know your Lindsay and i at dinner had been talking about different podcasts that we listened to and i mentioned that i love a serial killers podcast called serial killers and just and she immediately said i you know i i listened to this other one let me show you that one yeah you two are peas in a pod (laughs) just really happy light-hearted gals it makes me nervous Because one one of these days I'm gonna wake up. She's gonna be like, I read this in a pie. It's gonna work. I'm gonna Marshall, be a goner. What does that say about you? Because when the podcast when the podcast stops releasing one day and and nobody ever hears from me again, this is <laughs> everything goes to my son. Look for the lady with the pink hair. Which son you can choose? I don't care. <laughs> Um, anyways, we were talking about how fascinating it is, and we couldn't quite name why. And I think I've shared this with you before, but I remember I was a music major in college, and I had to take music and art history. And one of the professors talked about how, you know, a few hundred years ago, what was scary was Dante's um, Satan that's, like, just sitting there. He's, like, this big lug that just sits there and eats people. Oh, yeah. Or even... From the Inferno, right? Yeah, from yeah. the Inferno. Gotcha. And Or even, you know, we watched um, What We Do in the Shadows a few weeks ago, and they have all these montages of kind of medieval monsters that are so silly now and how that's really not what scares us anymore. What scares us now is this intelligent creature being that looks just like us, whether it's a serial killer or it's your very charming psychopathic billionaire boyfriend. Right. It's something that could be walking right next to you on the street and you don't know. And not only that, but in our in our personal fears, too, if you if you do have a fear of being abused or being being, you know, physically assaulted by somebody you love, or maybe if that's a situation that you in where it is, I mean, it is a, is a very real fear for you, then these movies, I think, 
are becoming, like you said, these horror movies are becoming so poignant and so, so pointed with how they deliver these scares. Uh, I mean, the biggest movies of the last few years, you know, Midsummer was a was a huge horror movie that came out and that dealt with, you know, kind of religious extremism in a in a very gross, very, very uncomfortable way, but in in a way that felt real uh, us and get out and thinking get out. Yeah. And and these movies, these movies deal with these real fears that people actually experience and it deals with them in a in a way that is kind of, I guess, sci fi, you know, they not not, you know, very real scientific situations, but that it doesn't make the the fear any less valid or any less real. Well, and with all of those movies, a lot of it is mental health, too. Right. I mean, get get out. I feel like a lot of it was um, it was all about the mind and the power of the mind. Sure. And, um, you know, I forget the name of the director of Midsummer, but Hereditary was all about mental health. Ari Aster. Yes. Ari Aster. Mm -hmm. Hereditary. That's why you're a media. Well, hey, you know (laughs) what? Not everybody can host this podcast, Kaylee. It's a heavy heavy weight on your shoulders. But Hereditary's mental health, I think, you know, and I think that goes back to we're afraid of this really intelligent creature being that looks like us. And maybe we don't have the mental capabilities to deal with it. I think many people today struggle with depression or abuse or anxiety or different things on different different levels and different extremes. But I just kind of see that as a continuing theme through all these movies. And if those are things that you deal with or struggle with, it's not any shame to seek help. No. You know, reach out to people that love you. Reach out to people that uh, care for you and and get the help that you need and seek that help. Uh, we've been doing something for the last three weeks that uh, Lindsay started a couple weeks ago, an arbitrary rating system. Just give us an idea of how much you liked this movie. Um, what is your arbitrary rating of this film? Uh, I would say I would give it a solid uh, seven out of eight full moons. Full moons? Why full moons? I don't know. Because it's spooky? Sp- Spooky, werewolves, invisible men. <laughs> they what? love full moons. Do they? Yes. Wow. You missed that part. It was a deleted scene. Yeah, I, oh, I see. Yeah, I fell asleep, <laughs> which is normal for me. Um, I'm going to give this movie a billion dollars that I don't ever need from from a man that's going to beat me. Yeah. Mm. A billion out of a billion dollars. Not to say it's the perfect movie, but gosh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. it so much more than I thought I would. And uh, like I said, it's available to rent now. It did come out in February, but now finally it's available to rent without you actually having to purchase it on demand. And it's become a huge uh, success because of their, you know, pulling it from the theaters and putting it on streaming so soon. It was kind of the first movie to do that. And uh, I'm happy to see it succeed. And uh, I hope we get more movies kind of in that vein. But that's all the time we've got for. And we want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of The Media Files. And thank you, Kaylee, for being here this week. Thank you for having me. Please tell a friend, family or coworker about the show so we can grow this little project into something meaningful. Special thanks to Brian for technical assistance. And don't forget to bookmark leveldowngames.com. I can be reached on Twitter or Instagram at Brustoff. That's at B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H or at the Level Down Games Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to and maybe we'll talk about it in an upcoming show. Until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later.